Ten of you. Perfect. Okay. Uh, what are you talking about? Proverbs. Okay. Proverbs. I kind of gave you a cheat sheet because the only references on there are Proverbs. All right. Uh, I don't actually know what you learned two weeks ago. Do you guys remember? No. And I was just here. Oh, you did Proverbs on animals? Yeah. Two weeks ago? Uh, I, I have to believe you. You didn't tell me. Uh, we learned about how we're not supposed to be like dogs, how they eat bone. Oh, I remember and, that! And, yes! And, <laughs> and like how that's like not to go back to the things that are like bad for us. So, like, oh, okay. Like it's not like to actually like, go well, yeah, You did the youth retreat last week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, so what is a proverb? Oh, advice. No. No. Do you have any modern day examples? Mm. Proverbs that we use today? Twice, hmm? cut once. Yes, measure twice, cut once. That's a good proverb. Some of them are on the nose to the point, and others are more so philosophical. <clears throat> like, have you ever heard a, a bird in hand is better than a bird in a bush? No. No, you never heard that one? I say that one a lot. For what? You know what it means? It means <clears throat> having something is better than counting on something. Like, you, might, you, you should be grateful for what you have instead of what you're trying to go after, or more than grateful, you know, you could be like, this is what we have, so this is what we're, or the information we have, so we're going to act on that now as opposed to what we think is going to happen. So, or how about don't count your chickens until they hatch? No, I've never heard that one. Never heard that one? Come on. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Okay, so what are their sayings that are meant to do what? I'm looking for a specific word. Uh, right, wisdom. Wisdom, there we go. Oh. All right, and so this book here is written by who? Solomon. Solomon, okay. And why is he credible? Yeah. He asked, for God, uh, asked God for wisdom, right? And because God liked that answer so much, he gave it to him. Plus a whole bunch of other things. So other than Jesus, this is the most wise guy... Wise man, not a wise guy. There's a difference. Uh, to ever live, okay? So we can learn a thing or two by looking at some of his sayings that he came up with. All right. So I have 10 references in front of you on the sheet I handed out. Okay? It's front and back. Um, it's front and back, front and back. Yep. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to assign one to each of you because there's 10 of you. Right? Yes. And you're going to then answer the questions for your verse. All right, and I'm going to give you like five minutes to do that. So we'll just kind of go in order. So you'll have chapter 10, verse 26. You'll have chapter 12, verse 27. You'll have 14, verse 29. 15, 1. 15, 10. 15, 33. 16, 24. 17, 17. 18, 14. And 20, verse 3. All right, any questions? So we just do this. Look up your verse and then answer the question. But what if we get We're going to talk about them all. Aha. All right, you got five minutes. Ready, go.
for question two and question four, I will accept kind of like a, a single answer. If you, if you can't come up with one that's different. adversity is like difficulty or trial is that what you're looking for there you're 18 14 sorry I'm a bad pointer just putting that out there You guys got about one minute. Don't worry if you don't get them all down. We're going to talk about them all. How's everybody doing? I'm going to stop you because we got a lot to talk about, or a lot of them to go over. If you think about it, with 10 verses, if we spend like two and a half minutes, we're done. <laughs> Don't have to talk long. All right, the first one. Can you read our verse for us? This is Proverbs 10, verse 26. 
As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to them that sent them. Alright, so what do you think it means, Phoebe? I put um, a lot of times bad outcomes can be the cause of other people's bad choices. Um, okay. Not a bad interpretation. So uh, another word for a sluggard in this verse would be a lazy man. Oh, well, I didn't know that. That's why we're talking about it, okay? All right, so uh, while we're going through this, fill in the blanks on your sheets, guys. All right? So this verse is specifically about a lazy man, all right? Vinegar is an acid, which can eat away at your enamel on your teeth, right? And make them more sensitive and eventually promote decay uh, and, you know, bad things so and we all know what smoke in the eyes feels like right mm -hmm. so if uh, vinegar to the teeth and smoke in the eyes is a lazy man to the person who sent them all right so can does that change your real world, yeah. world example can you think of one on the spot um, oh Well, right, but it also affects, like, other people around you. Like, maybe uh, your parents have to go to a parent-teacher conference or something like that. So that's, that's a good example there, okay? Uh, how can you use this? Like, what, what are you going to learn from it, I guess, is another way to ask this question. Yeah, don't be lazy, all right? But also recognize that, all right, the, your work ethic can affect those around you, okay? Uh, so my example in this is, like, I send a lot of people out in my job to do work for my customers, and if they're lazy, it affects me, right? And I have to deal with that. So, uh, you know, that, that's my real-world example. And uh, so, yeah, don't be lazy. All right, you'll find a lot of Proverbs, actually, as we go through, have that theme. All right, next one, 1227. Can you read that for me? The slothful man roasted not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. All right, so what do you think that means in Thai? I'll give you this. Uh, slothful is another word for lazy. lazy. <laughs> yes, all right. So uh, in that light, uh, let's think about it. What is a roast when you, from hunting? You were successful in your hunt, and now you can eat it. Absolutely, right? It's the fruit of your labor, okay? So two things here. Number one, the lazy man doesn't get the benefit of the work because they didn't do it, okay? Uh, but it also talks about a diligent man, okay? What's diligence mean, anybody? Fast, not necessarily, but like careful and persistent. So yeah, you got the idea, okay? So a diligent man, I would say maybe the opposite of lazy in this case, gets that fruit of their labor, okay? They get the substance, so that's the proverb, okay? Um, do you have an example, Natalia, now that we know what it means? No, it's okay. Uh, anybody, how can we use this in our life? Any ideas? 
how can you apply it? Maybe it's motivation to not be the lazy guy. So if you do something, you want to actually do it all the way through. Absolutely. You're good at what you do. Yeah. All right. Can't be lazy because you're going to lose that benefit of what you're asked to do. And even if the benefit isn't like right there in front of you like it is when you're hunting, there's always anything worth doing has that. Okay. Uh, next one, 14 verse 29. Go ahead and read when you're ready. He that is slow to wear is a great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalts. Oh. Folly. Alright. Um, what does it mean? Like, if, like, you don't aim really fast, then you can actually like, learn something. And, uh, uh, like, it's. Like, you're saying if you have. Uh, like, if you have. patience, then you can gain knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say you're right there, okay? So, he that is slow to wrath is, uh, is of great understanding. So we've got this wisdom concept, right? Um, what does it mean to exalt? Like to show The dictionary says to hold in high regard, right? So you, this, is, this is my thing if you're exalting it, right? And then what is folly? It's an old word. Say again? Destruction. Uh, foolishness is really the better uh, interpretation here, right? So it's, uh, if you're going to be quick to wrath, you're going to exalt foolishness, which is kind of the opposite of your wisdom here, right? Um, so ultimately, it's saying take a minute, you know, if you're angry, take a minute, count to 10. Maybe take a little step back and look at that big picture, maybe examine where the other person in the situation is coming from and try and understand that a little bit, all right? Uh, and maybe say, okay, is there something I can do next time? That's what this advice is giving you, uh, this proverb. Do you have any uh, real world examples of where this might take place or where this might help you? I don't know, I mean, I said like, tests like in school. Okay. Like, you just, like, because if you just like try and try and try and try and, and you just can't get the problem. Like, yeah, you just, sometimes your frustration is going to get in the way of your success there. Yeah. For sure. All right, uh, next one. We're at what, 15 1? Yeah. A soft answer is giving us a way rest, but gradient works throughout anger. Okay. What, what's your guess for what it means? Like, I was thinking like soft words, like, Okay, yeah. Uh, this one's pretty on the nose, right? Like measure twice, cut once kind of thing. Uh, what does grievous mean? Lots of dictionary today. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's a good connotation, right? Something bad, severe, or, or serious, right? Um, but it's always something bad. Uh, what happens when you yell at someone? What do they do? Uh, they, they tend to yell back. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah, it's kind of a, a vicious cycle, right? Where it gets louder and louder and louder until you, you don't even remember what you're arguing about it from at the end, right? Uh, how do you break that? What does this proverb say? 
don't get louder. All right, answer softly. Uh, and I, I'll tell you from experience, right, this is one of the easiest ways to quell an argument is just don't get louder, all right? Answer at a nice level tone. If they're here and you're here in terms of intensity, they'll start to feel silly and come back down and act more reasonably, all right? It's a good wisdom. Do you have any real world examples or maybe a situation where you might be able to use this? You never get in an argument with anybody. No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <clears throat> I'm sure we're all going to argue at some point, all right? Uh, next one. <clears throat> 1510. Correction is grievous unto him that forsakes the way, and he that hateth the truth shall die. All right, so we got this word grievous again. So that means bad, right? So if we know that, what do we think this means? Like you should hate to be corrected or to be wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, it even says it's unwise to hate criticism, right? Uh, the people criticizing you is a positive thing and you can certainly learn from it, right? Um, do you have an example? No. You're perfect. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so my thought is, uh, do you ever get upset when your parents nag about something? Yes. yes. <laughs> what does this proverb say about that? <clears throat> that they might be looking out for your best interest? All right. It's a tough thing. Uh, nobody likes to be corrected, especially when you're sure you're right. All right. And I'm not saying that you always have to take the advice, right? That's not what this is saying either. But you shouldn't hate or despise that reproof. All right. Because it's going to make you better. All right. So you should accept it and understand it and interpret it so that you can react in the best way. All right. 1533. All right, what do you think it means? Okay, that's a fair answer. What does uh, it mean to fear the Lord? Anybody? We hear that term a lot in the Bible. What does it mean? Both are very good answers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wrote down to stand in awe of the living God, to glorify him, and to trust him completely, right? Both your answers uh, certainly are in that same vein, okay? Uh, what is humility? Yeah. Uh, the dictionary says, and I actually, this is probably one of my favorite uh, definitions I've ever looked up. Humility is freedom from pride or arrogance. Everybody have that? Freedom from pride and arrogance? I know, I certainly don't. All right. Uh, so why are we talking about fearing the Lord and humility at the same time? Because if you don't fear the Lord, then you, if the, if the, 
they, they kind of go hand in hand, right? Uh, and honestly, you can't fear the Lord if you don't have humility, right? Uh, so that's why these things are going together. Do you have a way that you can use this? This proverb? I don't know. It's just a nice reminder to know who is God, right? You know, you're little. We're here in this great, awesome earth, and God put us here. And uh, we're not much in comparison to him. So uh, it's easy to have humility in that perspective. Uh, We're moving on to 1624. Pleasant words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Uh, What do you think it means? Pleasant words like nice. Okay. Uh, so when you read this verse, you can transpose honeycomb for your most favorite and satisfying dessert. All right. Everybody got one in their head? Favorite dessert. However, in this instance, it's also very nutritious. All right. So none of the bad, all the good. It's a great, great idea, right? Uh, so the natural tendency is to think uh, of compliments, right? An edifying speech where somebody, you know, where you're saying, nice things about somebody or they're saying nice things about you. Uh, So this is absolutely true, but I also want you to consider uh, just a general conversation with a friend, right? You're talking and you're having a good time. You're not really talking about anything specific. It's just all good conversation, right? Uh, How do you feel when you're done with that conversation? Yeah. All right. My argument is if you can take that and go one step further and consider that you always have a friend in Jesus, all right? You've always got prayer as a conversation tool with that friend, okay? So if you take time to have that pleasant speech, it can not only uplift your soul, but it can heal you, all right? You've got this awesome power available at any time, and it's going to be like honeycomb, like a delicious, nutritious dessert. All right, to your soul. Uh, any way that you think you can use that? Um, you should talk to people using nice words. Yeah, absolutely. All right, for sure. Next one, seventeen, seventeen. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. All right, what do we think it means? Honestly, I'm totally sure. Okay. Um. Have you ever heard of a fair weather friend? Heard that term before? No, but I can infer what it means. Okay, what do you think it means? Like it's like a friend that's only around when like um when like you go to Darien Lake or, or, or just like like they're there for themselves. Right. They're not they're just Absolutely. They only like you when either they're having a bad time or something or when they can get something from yeah. them, right? Yeah, so uh, this is saying that that's not really a friend, all right? Uh, a real friend is going to love it at all times, okay? Uh, so, and then we've got this thing where there's adversity, where one or both of you are having this difficult time, and if you're there for each other, right, that creates this even stronger bond, all right? So, uh, 
I want to caution you, right? This does not mean that you should succumb to peer pressure, you know, to be that friend through thick and thin. Uh, you know, there's a difference between loving and necessarily being involved if friends are making a wrong choice, right? So we've got this careful clarification, uh, but what this does mean is that you shouldn't abandon someone when they have a need, right? Or you should be careful not to be that fair weather friend, all right? Don't turn on them when it's convenient or when there's personal gain, okay? Uh, loving your friends can be separate from accepting their actions. Does that, you see the kind of difference there? Uh, it's a tough line to walk, but that's what this proverb is asking us to do. You know, be there for adversity through all of the things for your friends. Uh, next one, 1814. What do you think it means? A happy person will make other people happy, but who can like an unhappy person? Okay, so like that's... If you are somewhere and some people are unhappy and grumpy and stuff, you're not going to want to be around. Yeah, that's not a bad interpretation. Uh, here's my interpretation. What does it feel like to be sick? Bad, yeah. So when it, it, the infirmity reference here is a sick body, okay? Uh, willpower, spiritual strength, knowledge, friendship, these things can help you get through that time when your body is sick, all right? Physical or mental pain, these things are tough, but this proverb is saying, and, and it's true, the stronger your relationship with is, God, with, is with God, the stronger your, or healthier your soul is, the easier that physical pain is, all right? What does a sick soul look like? Okay. Somebody who has a sick soul would be hopeless, helpless, self-hate, all right? So we've got some things that we tend to label as mental health issues, absolutely, all right? Uh, so the answer here from this proverb is that healthy soul, okay? God brings hope. God brings help. God loves you no matter what, okay? Solomon said it best, who can bear no one can bear when your soul is sick, okay? The only solution is go to God, all right? So if you ever find yourself in a situation where your soul might be getting a little sick, all right? God is an excellent tool. Reach out, pray, all right? He's there for you, and he is that hope, that help, and that love, all right? Uh, next one, verse 20, or chapter 20, verse 3. What do you think it means? So, I mean, I was thinking, so if you're um, in an argument and you have people that are angry at each other, um, the person to back out of that argument, to see how they can end that argument, is the person who's, who's doing the right thing. Okay. Um, yeah. And then you said uh, a real world example. Um, say you're cleaning a garage find something that you, um, either person knows to do it, you can start arguing about who's right, or you can find higher authority maybe to, to give some guidance on that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, what does strife mean? Just so we're clear on the language here. Like, 
Yeah, anger, like a fundamental disagreement, conflict, right? We got that. Uh, so even if you do disagree with someone, this proverb says you have a choice, right? You can choose to abstain from that argument, okay? Remember, we looked at Proverbs 15.1 already. What did 15.1 say? Soft answers, right? So that's also a choice. You're going to choose not to escalate, okay? These kind of go hand in hand, all right? Even if that other person wants to pick a fight, you have the ability to choose a higher path, all right? And it only takes one person in that argument to say, we're, we're not going to do this, okay? Uh, the opposite, however, is to choose to incite strife, all right? This is the fool. Some people, even if uh, the disagreement is not even their own, right? They'll incite the issue and goad people in, right? Just so they can watch the fight. You know anybody like that? Like they're, they're pokers. They're uh, poking at you and poking at this person and just trying to get the, you to fight because they enjoy the drama, all right? So Solomon says there is an honor in avoiding that fight, right? Talk to the other person. Don't listen to what the, he, should, he said, she said, all right? And uh, you'll come out on top. Make that choice to avoid the strife. All right? That is all I have for today, guys. I hope you have a great week. And we'll keep doing more in Proverbs. Not next week because it's the fourth. All right? But we'll see you in two weeks and do more Proverbs. Have a good week.